What's up, everybody? I'm Sam Mewis. And I'm Lynn Williams. And this is Snacks. We started this podcast to talk about some personal stuff, some soccer stuff, some real stuff, and some fun stuff. All the stuffs. Um, So, Sam... (laughs) Take it away. Tell us about yourself. Where are you? What's happening? I play soccer for the U.S. Women's National Team and for Manchester City. Right now I'm in Manchester, um, but I grew up in Massachusetts. I'm from a little town called Hanson. I went all the way across the country to go to college at UCLA, um, and I've been playing professional soccer since then. Um, some things about me. I have a dog named Finn who I'm obsessed with. He's a little cavapoo. I love him. Um, I'm married to my husband, Pat. I have a sister, Christy, who also plays soccer in the NWSL and for the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, I love hanging out with my friends. I love buffalo chicken. I love buffalo chicken pizza. Um, I'm just your typical person from Massachusetts um, who is playing professional soccer. How about you, Lynn? Um, So I'm Lynn Williams. I am from Fresno, California. Um, Grew up in Fresno, California, went to college in California at Pepperdine University, um, and then was drafted to Western New York um, in 2015. I thought I would never live on the East Coast, and yet here I am seven years later. A little bit about myself. I am a aunt of four. I have three nephews and one niece. Um, I love them to death. Um, I have a boyfriend named Marley who lives in Australia, so we do distance um, a lot of the time. It's my one of my favorite places in the world is Australia. Um, what else? I hate fish, but I love shrimp. Huge shrimp head. Um, <laughs> what is a shrimp head? Oh, you know, just a shrimp head. You know, only only the exclusive people know what it is. Um, oh, yeah. Anyways, back. I guess I'm not in that club. Yeah, I don't know why you're trying to butt in on my intro. But <laughs> Sorry. Proceed, shrimp head. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, play for North Carolina Courage and currently with the U.S. Women's National Team with Sam. Um, and this is our podcast. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Lynn and I are really good friends, but we are opposites in so many ways that it's like kind of a miracle that we get along so well. Um, and I think that you guys are going to see through the course of this podcast that sometimes when we're communicating, we're like saying the same thing, but we just don't understand each other at all. And then yeah, we start arguing turns out, <laughs> but then we're like saying the same thing. Yeah. I, I think over the years we figured out that like, we'll just be like, I think we're saying the same thing. And we're like, I think, oh, yeah. I think we are, but I don't know why you said it that way. And I was right. <laughs> no, it's the same thing. So we're both right. Um, um, so the I was going to tell them how we first met. Um, so was I. Oh, my God. Junior of college, we played for the Pally Blues for a hot second. Um, but during that time, we also both got invited to the U23s national team camp. And I probably knew Sam for a day. Um, and we were both obviously going down to San Diego for camp and it was me, you, Sarah Killian, Abby Dahlkemper, Abby Taylor. Who else was there? Well, that must've been it. Cause you only had five seats in your car. Well, funny thing about that is Taylor actually flew. And then when I got there, I was like, why didn't you just drive with us? And she had no idea that everybody, everybody <laughs> drew. <laughs> everybody drove. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. But I didn't know any of you. But um, you guys, we all knew that we were going to camp. And so boldly, 
you asked me if I could drive you guys. And boldly, I was like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. And then I just carpool. Yeah. And then I just sat in the car and listened to you three talk. Yeah. As I drove you. I know. I remember at that camp too, that we went and like did a lift. And because we were like the UCLA group, we like did the UCLA lift and we were like running in these lines and everybody was like, what? Like, who are these people and why do they have like a system? And they're just like this click. And we like, so were, we were like Bruins baby. Yeah. And everybody was like, (laughs) ew. (laughs) Yeah. So that, well, little, look at us now. Yeah, Little did I know that would, turn into this, but I was like, what a weird time. This one, these people that I've met for a whole day, I'm now driving them for hours as they talk nonsense in the car. And I was just an Uber. Well, speaking, this is a glorious transition. The podcast gods must've given us, but speaking of driving, you driving me one time at the courage, I was driving Lynn to Lyft and Lyft started at 10 and it took like 20 three minutes to get there. So I'm like, obviously waiting at the door, like at nine, nine, 10, nine, 15, like waiting for her, like wanting to be a few minutes early. We leave the house. Like I think right at nine 32, nine So I'm like going to step on it to get there. Like I was stressed. I hate being late. I don't know what the deal was. Like, I don't know why Lynn was running late, but like we just got in the car, like kind of silently. And I like kind of didn't speak to her. Cause I was like, you're, gonna make us late i'm stressed i hate this basically ran like you ran it was a late yeah it was a late yellow it was orange but thank god thank god i did because we walked in as paul was going okay everybody bring it in and we just like seamlessly in one stride like walked into the (laughs) huddle and i was like if we had been 30 seconds later we would have been like obviously late yeah but like in my mind i'm like oh i'm running late i'm just gonna step on it in your mind, you're like, I need to t- abide by all the traffic laws. Minus, oh, I, I did run a yellow. Minus the one questionable red. But I was like, just pick up the pace. I, but yeah. I do drive slow. But yeah, I'm sorry. And that was, so, well, it's okay. But like, it was four years ago. So I'm over it. But, but to this day, when, I was like, okay, that I, I'm sorry for causing you stress. Um, I won't do that again. I don't think I ever did that again. And that's where you rub off on me in a good way where I, I'm like, okay, Lynn, you need to be better about your time and get dressed earlier. Yeah. And I think that you rub off on me in a good way too, because I would be like 45 minutes early for literally everything, wasting time in the car. Wasting time. Like absolutely wasting. I'm like, you spend so much of your day just waiting. I know because I, I have said this to people before, like, I like to build in 30 minutes for everything, like in case I get a flat tire. (laughs) In your defense, you have had many flat tires. So So yeah, sure. But But I'm just like, I'd rather be early and sitting in the parking lot than be late and be so stressed and frantic. Yeah. And I would be somebody who's like, well, I got a flat tire. I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. But I do think we compliment each other. I would agree. Um, Yeah. I think that... You have helped me stress a little bit more, like in a good way. Like, I think sometimes I go around life like a little too calm and I think I've helped you calm down. Yeah, I I would agree. But I did definitely 
makes me think twice about myself hearing you say that I have made you stress <laughs> I have anxiety to share. <laughs> no, I just mean like organized. Like even now, yeah. like I'm like, I think we just should make a calendar so we should be more organized. And four years ago, I would have never done that. I'd been like, what, what time are we doing it? When? And then I would have missed a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Calendars are great. Lists are great. You make a list of making a list. I know. Yeah. So we, I, I, I think that we, we, I've said this before though. Like if I lived with somebody who was like me, nothing would ever get done. But I think if you lived with somebody who's like you, then nothing would get done. Cause you would panic, panic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is a great point. Another, um, big highlight of our friendship. Do you want to tell about the goal against Portland in 2016 that we like still thrive on? <laughs> yeah. That, that game, <laughs> that whole year, that game was like literally the highlight of my life, my soccer career. I know. Me too. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll say it from my point of view, but then you could say it from your point of view. Um, so it's, it's an intense game. Like we, first of all, have, we're playing for Western New York at the time and we have no business being in the playoffs. Absolute no business. Um, we were a hodgepodge group of people who somehow like our, our tactic was like, just kick it and run. Like, I don't think we strung more than 10 passes together all season long. Do you think? No. Yeah. So it was, it, I don't think it was just a kick and run and um, long throw-ins like that was our bread and butter. And so we're playing Portland in Portland and the atmosphere in the semifinal, in the semifinals, the atmosphere is like crazy. I think Paul came up to me before that game and was like, don't be nervous. This is the biggest game you'll ever play. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, oh. I'm well, remember I was, remember I was like crying yeah. in the pregame meeting <laughs> because I just like wanted to win so bad that I was sitting there like this with like tears and everybody was like, what? The fuck yeah. Yeah. Definitely nervous. Um, yeah. And so we go out and we end up playing the game at regulation. It's two, two, right. I, I literally couldn't tell you. I like, I, I have one memory and it's yeah. what you're about to yeah. say. So I think, I think it's <laughs> two, two. So then, um, they they have a throw in down in our half. Sam steals the ball and starts dribbling up the field. Like she normally does. And when Sam gets going, like there's no stopping her. She's running with the ball plays the most perfect pass that we have been practicing all year. <laughs> We, we, after trainings would practice this exact play every day and it, all year long, we wouldn't get it right. And this one time Sam plays a perfect ball to my run. And one time I fin I finished it one time and we run up to each other and basically scream into each other's faces. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's probably one of my favorite pictures of us and one of our favorite Me moments. Too. I would just add that notoriously. We seem to be on different pages at times where you'll check and I'll play it in behind or you'll run in behind and I'll play it to your feet that are no longer there. And this one miracle time, it just worked out. Yeah. And we won. And then we went on and we won the final and there was like another miracle. So it was just one of those magical seasons. It, it was such a magical season. And that like set us up to actually living together because before, yeah. before then, like, we lived across the hall from each other, but we didn't actually talk to each other. No, not, not much. No, no, we did. We did some drinking together and that was probably about it. Um, and <laughs> we've moved on from those days. Like we're better professionals. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, like th that, 
that was like such a, I think a key moment in my, our friendship and like in our soccer playing together, it was like everything that we had been working on all season long had just like clicked in that one moment. And that was one of the goals that led us to the final and then living together. So it was near and dear to my heart. It is near and dear to my heart too. And I will just say about Lynn, I feel like when everybody thinks about her first, they're just like, wow, Lynn, so fast, so dangerous on the field. Lynn is such a hard worker. Um, She's like such a great finisher and scores some goals that are just like unbelievable. And it has nothing to do with like her physical abilities. I really think she's a smart player and off the field. She's a wonderful friend. She's a great roommate. Lynn is just one of the best on the field, off the field. She's one of my best friends. And we're really excited to be doing this together and sharing some of these inside scoop stories of our lives. Samantha, that was really sweet. And they're going to make me, it was a, it was a surprise compliment. Like you're going to make me tear up. You know, I'm emotional. No. Yes. No, you're not. <laughs> oh my God. That was, that was actually really sweet though. Thank you so much. Um, Sam is obviously one of my best friends as well. And, um, Honestly, I think that a lot of my success on the field, like I know you probably don't believe this, but has come from Sam and like her belief in me and like our my ability to talk things out with her and um, just like lean on her for support. Obviously, we said we do distance really like we've done distance in our relationships. And so I've leaned on Sam a lot during the past four or five years. Um so she's like one of the best friends, one of my best friends, one of the best humans. And then obviously you guys know um, she's an amazing soccer player. Well, like I am the emotional one. Like <laughs> I might, I might actually cry. So, <laughs> so uh, maybe now that all this personal stuff is out of the way, maybe we should move on into the soccer stuff. Okay, fine. Um, okay. So you just had a game. Uh, you scored a goal. Your team crushed it. Tell me about yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. So um, I'm back in Manchester after camp and we had an FA Cup game. It was the fourth round. We played Aston Villa um, and we did win. And I did get a goal, which was exciting because it was one of those where I got like a similar pass a couple plays before and I missed mm. and like, it was basically the same play, but I like hit it into the near side netting. Yeah. And then I like kind of just got this second opportunity at the same kind of play. And I felt like I like corrected myself and hit it more onto the goal and it went in. So that was great. That's amazing. That doesn't happen often. So I'm very happy that happened to you. I know it's, it is very rare that you get a kind of a second chance at, at missing. So I was happy about that. Um, but we do have a really big game coming up on Wednesday against Chelsea um, we have three league games left. So every point matters at this point. So I'm really excited about this opportunity that we have yeah. coming up this week. So what, what number goal is that for you? Because every time I tune in to you and watch your games, I'm like, there she goes again. There she goes again. I'm not sure what number, <laughs> how many, how um, many have you scored with your head? Do you think this year? Probably like half. Which is kind of like a shock. You're telling wouldn't, me. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't you say Paul Riley, the coach of the North Carolina Courage, kind of uh, used to make fun of me <laughs> and call me 50 pence head because my head seemed to the ball would just ricochet off in all directions. So 
I don't know, Lynn. I've been working on it, and maybe maybe it's just I've got a nice flat forehead now. <laughs> That's the goal, isn't it? <laughs> I, I honestly think it's just a confidence thing. Like you've been able to do that. It just was a confidence. Yeah. Thing. Well, hopefully, hopefully it continues. I don't want to jinx it. Where are you at with Knock on wood. the courage and the challenge cup? Knock on wood. Um. So challenge cup and WSL going. Games have been crazy. I'm excited to get like into like a game rhythm again. Um, I just feel like it's been so long that I'm like excited. I'm excited to play. Yeah. When when was your last Courage game? Oh dear. Uh, okay. So they just played um, when we were at camp. Um, honestly, couldn't tell you the day. I feel like everything's a blur. But my last one was in October. Okay. So it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a long while. So I'm like very excited to get going again. And just like, like, you know, like a game rhythm, like, yeah, it's nice to have preseason was long. It was 10 weeks. Yeah. Um, and Paul is did you a guys, psychopath. Did you guys run a lot? Um. Yes. We didn't do as much like, like we definitely did paint the field and the suicide mile, but it wasn't as much like just straight on running, but we had like, the toughest week and then we play UNC and then we would still have two days after that. And then we would have one day off and then we would come back and train for two yeah. days and then play a boys team. And then still have to, and I was like, when do we get a break? Yeah. Will you just for the, uh, for the average listener, just explain what paint the field is. Oh yes, yes, yes. So paint the field is, um, 22 sprints, I believe it is. And so if you take a soccer field and you run the width of it, so you start at one end, jog down, sprint back, and then you move up a cone. And then you jog down, sprint back, move up a cone all the way until you finish at the other side and the length of the field. And I think it's 22 sprints. And it's just, you get halfway and you're like, I'm going to die. I don't think I'm going to make this. And it's the worst thing ever. I know. I remember the last time I did that, I probably got to like, 15 and then my like jog and sprint just became one pace (laughs) where I was like I will just finish this and it will not be fast I will not come in first I will not come in second I will just run the whole time until it's over yeah that's it was pretty slow yeah uh that's pretty much what it is and the last time I ran it I was in a group with Kiwi and Ryan and it it just wasn't it wasn't good they are so fast and they can like run forever. And I was like, I don't think anybody's body's meant for this. <laughs> like not a single person. Except, except theirs apparently. Except theirs apparently, which is like, Kiwi though could like take seven years off and then get on the, and do the paint the field. And you're like, okay, that. Yeah. She is a anomaly. She is a woman amongst girls. Let me tell you. Yeah. You can say that again. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Like we're in our. What season? Sixth? Seven, seventh? S- Starting our seventh season. No. Yes. This is my fifth year in, in Raleigh. And two years before that, we were in Western New York. Yeah, we old. Oh my God, we are so old. Okay, so what <laughs> What has changed for you getting older? Like, what's what, is, what surprises you? What's What's different? Besides my, do you have a better grasp on what's happening? Besides, like my body falling apart, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, off the field, like <clears throat> off the field stuff. I feel like I have like a better 
just like routine. Like I know when I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do for this day to recover. Or like I can maybe not take this day off, but like, I don't need to do as much recovering. Um, I also feel like I'm not as stressed all the time where I'm like, the first couple of years I was like, soccer, soccer, soccer. I have to think about soccer all the time and I need to do this. And now I'm like, Lynn, you need to think about other things other than soccer or you're going to go crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. What, do, what do you like think about? What do you like to fill your time up with outside of soccer? What don't I think about? Um, I think about, I look at houses okay. all the time. Like, like just for fun. Like, yeah. Um, unhealthy amount of time. Um, I'll, I'll send Marley houses all the time. And he's like, what do you want me to do with that? And I'm like, I want, I want you to go look at it. And I I have sent him to go look at houses and then the realtors obviously get his number and then we'll call him for weeks. (laughs) He's like, why did you do this to me? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, so doing that, I love interior designing things or looking at or dreaming about interior designing things. I know. Look at your, I know that we made those together, but those cute things behind you. And meanwhile, I have a blanket and a yellow pillow. That's not your, that you, Sam, you, right. you made this, this. I, you're right. I did. If you guys can't see, it is just these cute little wall decorations that I did help at least make with little air plants on them. With little air plants hanging on the wall. They're very cute. Yeah. And, and when Sam decided to leave me, I took everything. I took all of her stuff and all of her decorations. You are sitting on my couch right now. Yes. This was, this was supposed to be the soccer section. Um, no, no, no. I just, just for, for our friends, uh, this is our first show. This is our first time doing this. So hopefully you're bearing with us as we ramble on. Yeah. Yeah. But on the field stuff, I think just like, uh, like knowledge, I'll, I'll get us back on track. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Uh, (laughs) On the field, the difference, I think like, obviously just having a better grasp of soccer and like patterns. Um, I think one of the biggest compliments Paul has ever given me was when I first got to Western New York and he, he said, you are just an athlete playing soccer. And now you're a soccer player who's an athlete. And I was like, wow, I, that might seem like it wasn't a compliment, but it was. Cause I was like, yeah, I, I think I've gotten by so far just like on pure athleticism. And now he was the first person that after a scrimmage was like, what formation were they playing? And I was like, I have no idea. And I was so embarrassed, but he was so right in to be like, you need to know these things. Like, how do you know what run to make if it's a three back or a four back? Um, so on the field, just like having a better knowledge and like a sense of self. What about, yeah. yeah what about yourself? Um, well, I was going to ask you, I don't know if this is a good segue, but I was going to ask you if you have felt like stereotyped by being such a good athlete ever. Oh my God. All the time, all the time. I feel like I have been, because I'm fast, been put in a category of she's just fast, like my whole life. Um, so I feel like I am always fighting and try to prove that I'm not just fast. Like I see the, I can see the field. I have good vision. I make good runs and the fastness is just like a, a asterisk on top of that, or just like a gift that I was given. Um, and then I feel like sometimes like when, when I'm down on myself or like people are being mean, I'm like, Oh, they're right. I'm just fast. And then I like fall into that category and I tell myself that, and then I have to like fight back to get back out of that. But, um, so yeah, 
It kind of like sucks. Yeah, that must that must be something that's like you obviously always want to be more than that, but you it's a it is a gift that you have always to fall back on. Yeah. Um, but you are so much more than that as a player, and I, I mean, obviously, I know that because I play with you so often. Um, but I can imagine that experiencing that your whole life would make it easy to like fall into that way of thinking sometimes maybe and make you like doubt yourself. Yeah, definitely. I think the first person who ever like was like, Oh, you're more than just a fast player was um, my high school coach. And I was 15 by that time, which I think is like far too old to be told that you're not just fast. So then I think from there, I've had to try to like go back. I feel like I tell you this all the time. I'm like, I have to re reteach myself like foot skills. Like I'm always working on that where, because I don't think I like, that was like the foundation of my like soccer growing up. And, and so mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like I'm always catching up when it comes to like foot skills and finishing because for the longest time coaches were just like, just kick it. Like she'll mm-hmm. get there. And then like never worked on the soccer part. Yeah. No, I I know what you mean. I think it's like, there's a balance obviously, because I think for some players like myself included, there was always a a technical foundation, but then I, ever since then now I'm like, Oh, I need to be faster. I need to be fitter. And so I'm kind of working on this like physical piece. Um, and obviously I'm also working on the technical piece all the time. I'm, it's not like I'm there or anything, but there is obviously just a balance of what you learned to do growing up and what was like highlighted for you and and now what you want to be as a professional. Well, exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. Like everybody's always working on technical, like you always have to work on finishing whatnot. But I just feel like my speed was like the only thing people talked about all the time. Yeah. And, And it's just so funny because like, so last year we obviously had like Crystal, Addie, um, Allie Watt, Jalene, a huge actually group of black people on our team that I've never been a, like a team, a part of that, but everybody's story is kind of the same where it's like always talking about, okay, she's fast. She's, uh, she's strong. She's, she's tough. She, and it's like, well, why don't you say like, she's skillful. Her field vision mm-hmm. is great. Like those words are never used. And it's, um, it's like disheartening sometimes because I think if you told something over and over and over again, as much as you try to get out of that, like it's still ingrained in you a little bit. And so I feel like my whole career, I've been like trying to fight this like external, but also internal monologue Mm. and battle where I know I'm good enough. I know I have foot skills, but the outside world is like, no, she's only fast. So then I'm trying to like overcompensate sometimes to be like, I am this. And then sometimes it breaks down, but sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. How like empowering was that having such a, a significant group of other black women on the team with you who, when they, you guys shared your stories together and you heard that some of them experienced the same thing, did that make you feel like, how did that make you feel? Yeah. I honestly, it was, it was exciting. I think that for the first time, um, you, without having to speak it, you there's people that just get it. Um, mm. I think that... So to go back and explain this to everybody else, um, this past year with um, George Floyd and everything that happened, our team came together and we decided to have a conversation in the park. Um, and 
um, the black players kind of had the mic and told about our experiences and the non-black players just listened. And I think a lot of people were, their eyes were opened. Um, but it was just so funny because like we as black people didn't have to talk about what we were going to talk about. Cause we all knew it was going to be the same thing. Um, obviously different scenarios, but similarly the same thing. And so when we, when everybody started speaking, I was like, yep, done that. Yep. Done that. Yep. Heard that. Um, so it was, it was like very nice to know that I had people who, who had felt the same things that I had felt. And it was also just exciting to be like, oh my God, I'm on a team that has so much support because that wasn't the case for every other team. Mm -hmm. How did you feel like during that time? Well, I felt obviously, um, I don't even know how to start. I felt this like recognition of my own privilege, obviously right off the bat. And I think that I was for most of my life aware, but not really like awake to how prevalent and significant and how um, much I had benefited from being white mm-hmm. uh, and just like the kind of access and, and ease that that enabled me to walk through my life with. So I think that when it all started, it really, I started just talking to you And so having you who was, it wasn't your job to do this, but you were so patient and understanding with me. And I think our basis of friendship is what made you care about Mm. how I was able to learn and grow and, and not that that was the goal, but recognize my role and my kind of complicitness in the whole thing. Um, Like our relationship really made me so much more able to, like just recognize everything and, and want to, to help create change. I think, I think that even like just right now, it's, it, this is still so hard to talk about, but knowing that you're here, like, I think that you would help me if I made a mistake and you would kind of teach me where I was wrong in my thinking. Um, and I think even since then we've been able to try and spark some change within the league or, um, within our, our team or our group of friends together. Um, so I just feel like I felt so, lucky to have you there. And I know it was so hard for you in your own like life and in your own way. Um, but some of the things that you and I talked about have really set this foundation for me now and the way that I know I can try to help and support my black teammates and try and be a more active member in the community, like fighting against racism. So looking back, I feel so grateful that we, yeah, I, I had you there Um, but obviously it was such like a horrible time for you that. Well, yeah, I think it was uh, like a horrible time for everyone. Honestly, I think that like so many people were trying to navigate what was going on. Um, I think that like we did in our own home, like create a safe space to like ask questions, but also for me to like say exactly how I felt. And like, you'd be mm-hmm. okay with that. Um, I felt like, not that anything like was so like bluntly said, but like, I didn't have to sugarcoat like my feelings on the matter, which mm-hmm. I felt like was very foreign in a lot of situations. Um, so yeah, I, I felt like it was so nice to have like a safe space to talk about such a hard topic. Um, mm-hmm. which is, it's still like wild to, to, for me to think that like, that's a hard topic. It's like, 
yeah, I, my my dad's black. Like, I don't know why, like, we can't just talk about it. Um, but like, I, I just, I also think that you helped me open my eyes to like even little questions where, where I, I don't want to like embarrass you or anything. Cause I don't think it is, but for you to be like, could I, is black okay? Or do I have to call you African-American? And I was like, yeah, I'm a black woman. Like, yeah, you can call me black. Um, because I think that a lot of, obviously there's like the big questions, like the big, huge topics, but I didn't realize there was like little things. Yeah. Well, and not to interrupt, but I, I just think that sometimes for white people who didn't like, I didn't grow up around a lot of black people and I never felt comfortable enough to, to ask that. And so our like relationship and how much like I trust you and I know that, you know, your heart. I don't, I'm not trying to be like, I don't mean any harm just to be able to say, can I say this? Can I say that? How should I approach this? What should I do in this situation? Was I'm so lucky that I, that I do have you. And as a friend, as a person in my life, it's, it's like so wonderful. But in that time, I think I, I wish more people had that because it's so, it, it cuts out this level of like discomfort when I'm comfortable with you, you know? Yeah, no, I wish, I definitely wish more people had like the relationship we did or had somebody to talk to and like have a safe space. Um, yeah, I, I just think that like, even when you're like asking an uncomfortable question or like, you're not asking it perfectly, I feel like there's so many things that like we need to battle like actual racists that like, mm-hmm. I, sh- I don't think I should be fighting the person who's trying to change and trying to be better just because they may have said it a little different. And I'm not talking about you. I'm, I'm talking about like any other people um, <laughs> that have come into my life because you are honestly, it was so funny. Like Sam would be like, I, I don't want to offend you, but, and I was like, that was the opposite of offensive. That was like such a kind way to say that. I actually want you to be more blunt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just spit it yeah. out. What do you really mean? <laughs> say it already. Okay. I also need to charge my computer. Um, so that was an error on my part. <laughs> okay. Why don't you go get your charger? All right. One second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kelly O'Hara, two-time World Cup champion, Olympic gold medalist, defender for the U.S. Women's National Team, and as of now, your new favorite podcast host. Join me on the Just Women's Sports Podcast as I sit down with some of the biggest names in sports to talk about the untold stories behind their success. Featuring Olympians, MVPs, world champions, and breakout stars, the Just Women's Sports Podcast tells the real story of what it's like to be a professional athlete today. Find Just Women Sports wherever you get your podcasts. See you there. All right. Welcome back. So that definitely got heavy. Um, we got a little out of hand there. This is our first time. Um, we also recognize that Sam started interviewing me instead of yeah. double podcast hosts. Um, but we're back. But we're back. We're co-hosts. We're co-hosts. So I'm going to interview you. We're, we're just going to go on this interview theme. So we're just... <laughs> We're going to go back to your original question of soccer. Um, yeah. I don't know how we got so far away, but it, I liked it. So, um, so yeah, what do you, how do you think you have changed from when you first were coming into the league to now, to now Sam Buis, number one ranked soccer player. Okay. Okay. Um, I, 
I think there's like a few things about me that have changed. Like I think I am more like, and this is like, sounds crazy even coming out of my mouth, but just more like measured in my ups and downs. I'm definitely like a, Mm. the highs are high and the lows are low person. Um, But I think like soccer wise, I remember some of my first camps with the national team, like I would have a good session and I'd be like calling my mom, like I'm going to make the team. Like (laughs) I, I belong here. I can do it. And I'd be like so pumped and like so high. And then the next day, naturally I would have a terrible session and I would call my mom crying and say, I'm, they're going to send me home. I'm the worst player here. And I think that in that environment where it's like so competitive, it's so intense the the best thing that you can have and the thing that makes you stick around for a long time is just consistency. And of course you're going to have great days and you're going to have terrible days, but your approach, I think, and your attitude and your like mental state needs to kind of stay at this like level. Yeah. Line. Yeah. Where you just don't get so out of hand either way. And I think that I hope I have that more now. I think I've had plenty of terrible sessions and I, I'm I'm still hanging around. So I think I understand that just trying to be consistent and trying to approach things with like more of a level head is really one of the most important things that you can have there. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely like, I don't know. I obviously haven't done any other jobs, but like the yeah. stress, <laughs> the stress or like the mental game is, is what I think makes the greats, the greats, because yeah, I think that, once you get like higher and higher, it's like that 1% or like a half a percentage that is like changing. And I think it's the mental side of exactly being able to not be so high and low and just like a consistent, mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that like, I know everybody talks about your height, but like, do you think that like when you first came into the league versus the who you are now, like, have you embraced it a little bit more? Do you think that when you like, let's talk about it. Yeah. That's a good question. Let's unpack it. Let's unpack the tower of power. Yeah. How did that come Um, about as well? Yeah. So, I mean, I think like growing up when you're like freakishly tall as I was and and am like, you're just kind of naturally like a little bit embarrassed all the time because you're (laughs) just like, I stick out like a sore thumb everywhere I go. And everybody's always asking me how tall I am. Um, but I think that like, I've always had this understanding that it was helping me on the field. I think, especially like when I was tall and the other girls weren't like, I was tower powering my way down the field. (laughs) Like even when I was like 13, 14. So I have always appreciated that. And I think that the older I get, the more I realize that it's like, uh, an asset that I am lucky that I have. Mm. Um, but so yeah, one time in North Carolina, um, the announcer was presenting us something and we were down on the field. I think we were getting rings for something. So he was giving a little spiel about everybody. Um, and it was the first time I ever heard it. He just goes, our tower of power, number five, Sam Mewis. And I started going, what tower of power is that me? And I started like freaking out because I like loved it and yeah. thought it was so funny and like original and I've never heard that before. Have you? No, no, never heard it. And it, it was a great moment. I know. I'm like, this guy's a genius <laughs> and I like want to trademark it and I already got t-shirts made, but, um, so does he get I any of your just... royalties or what? <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think it's just like one of those things that, yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of a huge lady and <laughs> so far it's worked out. So I'm, I'm good with behemoth it. Behemoth of a woman. Beautiful. A behemoth of a woman. A beautiful behemoth woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think yeah. that like, because since you, I, there has been some other large ladies who have entered the soccer realm. Do you think that like somebody seeing you was like, oh, I can do that too. I can be a big woman running around. <laughs> I kind of feel like maybe it works better the other way. Like if you're really small and someone oh, sees you, they're enough. like, oh, I can do that. Like I do kind of feel like being big, like athletically is like maybe not that big of a challenge. <laughs> I feel like soccer, like maybe, maybe it's just our team. I think that like besides you, Jess and Kiwi, our team is kind of small or your former team. And so like, maybe I have a skewed vision. Right yeah. Now. Well, no, the other thing I, I think this is like me being hopeful that I'm having a positive impact, but maybe if a girl in high school or middle school is like we said, very tall and is kind of embarrassed, maybe she'll be like, Hey, Sam, you embraced it. I'm going to embrace it too. I'm going to go score some headers. Yeah, exactly. Can we talk about that too? Like, Telling somebody you scored with your head, like a header, a header goal, like, and they always go a headbutt, and you're like, it sounds so lame. Of all the soccer terms, that's the lamest one. I scored a header. I scored a header. I scored a head goal. I just remember kids in school, like, literally calling it a headbutt, and I would just be like, I'm like so embarrassed that we're talking about this. <laughs> like, you know, when, like, you know, when somebody's asking you, like on a plane or something. And they're just like, what do you do? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I play soccer. And they're like, oh, yeah. For what school? And you're like, I'm a professional in my late 20s. One time, <laughs> one time, one of my really good friends. So there's like a group of us. She's going to hate me for saying this, but one of there's a group of us. And <laughs> <laughs> one of them like just got married and is doing great. Another one bought a house and got engaged another one <laughs> just finished law school and i texted yeah. and i was like oh all my friends <laughs> all of my friends are doing so well or like are so cool and she was like don't worry you're doing great too and i was like oh dagger straight to the heart well you were you you were like i like know, uh, yeah exactly but, i was like i know you don't know <laughs> exactly i was like <laughs> i was like oh yeah, like I thought I was doing well, but now like Well, like I was fine before you said that. <laughs> I thought she Why did you say that? I thought she was gonna be like, Yeah, we're all doing so well, or like, yeah, we're all I don't know, not that. I know anything but what she said. I know. Now it's time for some fun stuff where we ask each other some completely random questions. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so like how often do you wash your sheets? Not that often. Okay, not that often. No, but like, give me, give me the. I've gone, I've gone, oh, I've gone like a while. Yeah, I've gone a while. I've gone like, I hope my, my, I know my mom's gonna listen to this. She's gonna be so appalled, but I've probably gone like four or five months. Yeah, yeah. Like if you, <laughs> they say you're supposed to wash your sheets every week, and if you haven't gone four or five months without washing your sheets, like. What are you doing? Well, like, to be honest, I kind of think they get, like, softer the longer you leave them. Is that gross? Is that just, like, dead skin? Yeah, it's just, like, you're dead, You're just, like, sleeping skin. in your own. 
dirty skin. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't really wash my sheets that much. How often do you wash your towels? Also, not that often. Do you, <laughs> do you know that scene in New Girl when you've seen New Girl, yeah. right? When he goes, I don't wash the towel. The towel washes me. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Like if if you're washing it every week, I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to be your friend. I'll 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 go through like a house cleaning phase, like once a month or every two months, where I'll like want to vacuum and like I'll want to like really wipe down the counters and like clean the bathroom and stuff because like it gets to a point where there's like crumbs on the floor and like toothpaste in the sink. So I'm like, okay, it's cleaning day. Yeah. And, like, I'll usually, like, throw in a towel. Yeah, like, I don't think I'm, like, every Sunday is towel and bed washing. I'm just, like, at some point, I'm, like, yeah, I need to wash that. Yeah, at some point. (laughs) Whenever that point is. Marley, that's why I have Marley, because he does those things. Like, uh, he... Oh, he does? Well, he likes... What an angel. I know. He, like, makes the bed. He does the dishes. He... He does the stuff... He cleans. I have, we were joking because I was like, all the things that I enjoy doing consist of like, oh, I'll do the laundry, which is like me putting it into a machine and pressing on. <laughs> and like, he does like the really hard stuff. Well, yeah, he'll, he's then like, you now need to take it out and then fold that. And fold it. And I'm like, no. Oh, I know. Pat, one of Pat's pet peeves is. I'll like very often do the laundry and fold it, but then I like won't put his away. Like I'll just like leave it on his side of the bed. And he's like, you were putting it all away anyway. Like, why couldn't you just put mine away? Like it's folded. Like, cause he'll do that yeah, for yeah. me when he does the laundry, he puts mine away, but he always like puts it in the wrong well, spot. Yeah. And it's like, so it's, and he'll like fold my shirts inside yes, out. What is that? And I'm just, <laughs> I'm not going to like put your shorts back in your pants drawer so, like, can you just do it? Like, I did you a favor. I did the laundry. Like, no, I. Anyways. That, yeah, that's like, a, mm, I get mad. Is this, an, is this an irrational thing that we flip out about? Yeah, because. Or like, is this rational? I, I think it's a, it might be a little irrational because, like, like I said, I don't do it often. But then when he does it wrong, I'm like, you did it wrong. What a lucky, lucky man he is to have me. Um, I know. What okay? What is like something that's so normal <laughs> that like you get embarrassed about? <laughs> well, I, Rose showed me this like I don't know if it was a TikTok or like a meme or something recently that was like, oh my god, it's sunny out and I have to put on sunglasses. How humiliating! <laughs> and like I, I like really it really resonated with me because like just this totally normal thing that you like you're just gonna put sunglasses on because it's sunny, but you're just kind of like yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> How dare I not born, burn my born burn my corneas? I know. Do you have one? Well, I feel like this is everybody's, but like the windshield wiper speed. Like how dare <laughs> how dare I see? <laughs> like I, I'm like I think it needs to be this fast because I can't see unless it's this fast. And then I look over and somebody's is going so slow. So I'm like I guess. I need to turn it down so I can't see. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Or like when when you like, well, people don't pay with cash anymore. But like when you pay with cash and then you have to put everything back in your wallet because they give you change. But like you feel rushed and you're like, oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Like I get embarrassed about that. 
I know we're and then you go even slower because you're like fumbling with the coins and you're just like, if I had just been calm, like this would be exactly easy. And the, and the cashier is like looking at you like, can you hurry up, lady? Because you're fumbling and you drop a coin on the floor and you're like, I'm sorry. I know. And then it, everything's in your wallet all messed up. Do you have anything else? Embarrassing. <laughs> um, well, this is this is kind of different. But, you know, when the ball this is a soccer one. When the ball is kicked straight up in the air and like, I'd want no part of that. And and you have to try to head it. I want no part of that. And it's like, even if you do make any contact whatsoever, it's just going to like not go where you wanted it to. It's going to do You're either getting a concussion, doinking off your head somewhere or you're missing (laughs) or missing. (laughs) You're missing. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, why? Like, why do I have to be standing here? I really feel like. The person who kicked it in the air should take a timeout for that because that was just like, (laughs) why did you do that? Just like do a lap. Think about what you've done. Go sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Just do a lap. That's actually a really bad one. (laughs) Who are we playing? And remember who, when you did that and you missed? Yeah, well, I don't remember the team, but I remember I was like jumping up against Christine Naren because I've seen the video so many times. And I think that she kind of like, because I missed it. And I think she was kind of like, I'm like, no, I'm going to just like let this one bounce. (laughs) And then I missed it. And then I had to like jump up again for the second one, which was also straight up in the air because it was just this vertical bouncing ball. Yeah. Yeah. That is probably one of my least favorite things to do on the field. Yeah. Uh, do you have any more questions? <laughs> uh-uh. I shook my head. <laughs> uh-uh. Got no, none more. None more. I got none more. Also, like, um, I feel like you will learn during this podcast that, like, I have a slight speech impediment, self-diagnosed. Um, I just. Well, if, if they listen to the trailer. Yeah, I just, I, I get too excited. I think I don't really know. I just can't speak. <laughs> Perfect podcast co-host. Yeah. We're we're doing great. Okay. Well, with that, let's wrap this up. This was the first episode of the Podcast Snacks with Lynn and Sam. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Uh, We would love for you to leave us a a review. Talk about a speech impediment. (laughs) We would love for you to leave us a review and tell a friend. Uh, We would love some feedback. If you have questions you want us to answer, maybe hit us up on Twitter. Um, Just subscribe to the Just Women Sports newsletter and follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. TikTok games. Uh, Huge TikToker. Big right now. Um, Yeah, this is obviously our first podcast. It's only going to get better. Hopefully not any worse. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not any worse. Um, We are excited to talk about really cool things, stuff that interests us. Um, But thank you for listening. Um, Like Sam said, subscribe, like. We want some feedback. We're excited for this. This show is produced in partnership with Blue Duck Media and Just Women Sports. I'm Sam. I'm Lynn. And we'll see you next time on Snap. (laughs)